grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is from Luke, the 16th chapter. Again, I read these words. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. At his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried, and in Hades, being in torment. Dear friends of Christ, you know, we're in the parables of Jesus. We've had many parables in a row here. Um, and Jesus had a way of telling stories to get people's attention, and it's no different with this parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Um, he was hungry, and Lazarus was a beggar, and his body was covered in putrid sores. This Lazarus was a nobody. He was a worthless guy, a worthless human being. Of course, then Jesus talks about this other guy. This other guy was a rich man, and of course, he lived in a palatial estate, and he a very successful, very rich man of the community, well-respected by all, and, and he was a successful mover and shaker, doing things, the kind of guy that every community respects, loves, and needs. And of course, the, the, the beggar, well, he just longed to eat the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. We could probably see him scavenging through his garbage to get his daily food. Two people. One a bane to society. The other, the cream of the crop. Yet they both died. They both died and the poor beggar, well, he was taken to heaven to live in the boom of Abraham. Abraham. And the rich man also died, but he went to hell. And he couldn't bear the torments. Couldn't bear that pain of hell. And so he sees Abraham and the poor man in, in heaven. And he instructs Abraham, make the beggar come down and just give me a glass of water. And as the beggar had begged at that rich man's gate, and the rich man gave him no food, so now he is asking the beggar for just a little. He was begging for just a little bit of water. Such are the torments of hell. It's a horrible place. And of course, the, the rich man then wanted to warn his brothers. I, want my, I, don't want my, I don't want my family coming here. I don't want anybody I know coming to this place. Abraham, please help me out here. Let's save these people from all that torment. Well, Abraham had something to say about that. In fact, his words are the main point of the story. If they won't listen to Moses and his teaching, Moses was, wrote uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the first five books of the Bible. If they won't ris- listen to Moses and the teachings of the prophets, they won't be persuaded to believe even if someone comes back to life. So what's the point? God's Word has power. People either listen to it or they won't. But God's Word has the power to change sinful lives. God's Word has the power to save lost souls. 
to let them believe in Jesus, enable them to do that so that they can be saved from the torments of hell. Unfortunately, the world's not listening. The world's not listening more and more. And so our theme, hear God's Word, repent, and believe. You know, Jesus told this story to the Pharisees. The Pharisees are a bunch of religious guys. Religious guys are guys that they obey all the rules. And so they knew the rules of the Old Testament. They knew the rules of Moses, and they followed them, but they did not see themselves as a sinful people. They didn't see themselves broken. They were self-righteous. They were righteous on their own. Self-righteous, self-holy, self-good. They didn't need Jesus. They didn't need to be saved by His blood. They were self-righteous. They didn't see themselves as sinners. They didn't need the blood to be shed. Matter of fact, they were offended if anybody would point to them and say, well, you're a sinful man. Well, how dare you say something like that to me? Who do you think you are? They didn't need Jesus. They were self-righteous. Self-holy. Because they weren't willing to confess their sins. They weren't willing to repent. They weren't willing to change. Admit what is wrong in them. They made all kinds of excuses and justified all their behavior. So that what I do is okay. And God's going to accept me the way I am. The world's filled with people like that. People that are self-righteous. People who don't think they need a Savior. People who don't think they're broken. People who don't think they're sinful. People who don't think they need to change or repent or come to Jesus. But everyone is unrighteous. Everyone's unrighteous. Everyone needs to be saved by Jesus' blood. There is no self-righteousness. There is no self-righteous person. Not one. Listen, there's only one way to be righteous. Hopefully you know that because that's what Christianity is all about. There's only one way to be righteous, and that's when Christ becomes our righteousness. I'm not holy. Praise be to God, He is. I'm not perfect. Praise be to God, He is. I'm not righteous. I'm not right. Praise be to God, He is. And then He comes, He suffers, He dies for my sins to live in me, to wash away all my sins, and then He makes us righteous. Because He lives in His people. The Holy Son of God lives in you. And the Holy Son of God then, by His blood that was shed, makes you righteous. You were made right in the waters of holy baptism. We did that this morning. Right? Righteousness is a gift that is given in the water. It's poured over us. Our sins are washed away. Righteousness is a gift that we receive when we receive Holy Communion. Christ gives you His body and His blood, and He says, here is my body, here is my blood. You are now righteous. It's not self-righteousness. It's a gift of God's grace 
and it's given freely. Unfortunately, there are so many people in the world that fail to recognize that or acknowledge that or even understand that. And it's unfortunate even worse that people don't even want it. They reject it. People ignored God's Word back then. People are ignoring God's Word today, even in the church. The results are disastrous. The results are devastating. And that's why, but it doesn't have to end so badly for so many people. It doesn't have to. We have a Savior. We have a Lord who came. We have a Jesus who suffered and died to make us righteous. The world can listen. The world can learn. The world can repent. And the world can be saved. If only they'll come. And so Jesus tells this parable about the rich man and poor Lazarus. And though Lazarus, being outwardly poor, was inwardly, in his soul, wealthy. He was a wealthy man, but that's not what people saw. He believed in God's Word. He repented of his sins, and he was saved. He was a child of God. He was poor on the outside, a beggar on the outside, but on the inside he had the treasures of heaven. The world didn't see it. The world couldn't see his wealth. The world saw his sores. They, they saw a disgusting man. Putrid sores that the dogs licked. Disgusting. But who was Lazarus? Who was Lazarus? He was a child of God. A child of our Heavenly Father. He was rich with the treasures of heaven. Because Lazarus listened to God's word. Lazarus believed God's word. Lazarus repented, turned away from his sins. And Lazarus then was saved by the blood of Jesus. The rich man, he didn't believe. The rich man didn't care. Our text says he didn't repent. He didn't change. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen. He lived in luxury every day. He wore the best of clothes. He ate the best of foods. He lived in the best house. He didn't care about the beggar who sat at his gate asking for money, asking for food. Didn't care one bit. Didn't repent. He had little love for other people. And even worse, he didn't know the love his heavenly Father had for him. Let me ask you a simple question. Who are the wealthiest people of the world? Who are the wealthiest? It's the people who know Jesus. And it doesn't matter how poor outwardly you are. God says if you know that, then you have the gifts of eternal life. Our Lutheran confessions describe it this way. For example, when any friend pays a debt for another friend, the debtor is freed from the merit of another, as though it were paid by his own money. So Christ's merits are given to us, so that when we believe in Him, we may be regarded as righteous. When we believe in Him, we may be regarded as righteous by our confidence in Christ's merits as though we had merits of our own. 
My friends, there is no such thing as self-righteousness. We don't have merits of our own. But, thanks be to God, He makes us righteous. Self-righteousness always leads a soul to hell. Self-righteousness always leads a soul to torment. Self-righteousness leaves a soul impoverished, wanting, in eternal poverty, like the rich man in our parable. But I want you to think, I want you to think what Jesus has done for you. What what has Jesus done for you? You are not self-righteous. Don't you dare stand there in your self-righteousness. You are a sinner, yes. But you've been made righteous by the blood of a Savior who died for you. A Savior who comes to you. A Savior who lives in you. Body and blood. Dwelling in you, the temple of God. It's a gift of righteousness. Think about how wealthy you must be. Think about the treasures that are within. Now, you may look poor and needing. Outwardly, we may look that way, but inwardly, we are a people of hope. We're a people of promise, a people of salvation, a people saved by God's blood, a people whose blood has been whose sins have been covered by the blood of Christ. Do you understand this? Do you understand what it means? It means you're holy. You're holy. Because Jesus made you holy. Because Jesus declared you to be holy. He gave you the gift. You hear God's word, you repent of your sins, and you are saved. So what happened to the rich man in our parable doesn't happen to you. The rich man died. The beggar died too. Lazarus died. What happens next? Well, you remember the story. Remember how he used to beg for food? Remember how he had all those sores, how his body stank, the wounds stank? Remember how the dogs licked his his sores? Remember how difficult his life was? Tough life for that guy. That's just a small part of the story. Small part of the story for your life too. Sometimes you have a difficult life. Just a small part of who you are. The poor beggar laid it all aside, left it all behind when he died. Was carried to heaven to Abraham's bosom. Our text says a time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. That's what happens when the children of God die. We are carried to the side of Jesus. We are carried to our heavenly home to be with Jesus, our Savior Jesus, forever. Do you remember the thief that died with Jesus on the cross? Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Paradise awaits God's children. So if paradise is awaiting us, and we have all that wealth in store, are you still stubbornly refusing to to repent of your sins? Are you still stubbornly refusing to confess those wrongs that God says you have offended Him by? Are you still stubbornly refusing to turn away from all that stuff? Why? Why would you do that? We all long for the words of this hymn to come true. We sang it a little while ago. You kind of struggled with it, but it was a hymn that fit our text for today. Listen to the words. Lord, let at last thy angels come to Abram's bosom, bear me home. 
that I may die unfearing. And in its narrow chamber keep my body safe in peaceful sleep in that little casket until thy reappearing. And then from death awaken me that these mine eyes with joy may see, O Son of God, thy glorious face, my Savior and my font of grace. Beautiful words. They're your promise. They're your reality. Are you aware of the treasure that lives within you? Do you know the treasures that are yours in Christ Jesus our Lord? The Bible makes it clear that today is the day. Now is the day of your salvation. There are no second chances. Hebrews tells us, It is appointed unto man to die once, and then comes the day of judgment. The time to believe is now, not tomorrow. Jesus said, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. And then Jesus went on to say, God sent His Son into the world not to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Those who believe in Him won't be condemned. The treasures that God gave, the kingdom that comes to you through faith, I beg you to hear. As the beggar begged at the gate, I beg you to repent. I beg you to listen to God's word. I beg you to believe and to be saved like the poor man begged and then was carried to heaven with the eternal riches and treasures that he received. Listen, there are people who don't know Jesus people that are lost like the rich man. We pray that the Holy Spirit might touch their hearts, that the Holy Spirit might talk to them, somehow get in their ears, get in their heart, get them to confess. You know who they are, those lost people? It could be family members, a brother, a sister, children, family members. Maybe it's a co-worker or a friend or a neighbor. You make a list, you can make a list, you can pray for them. And maybe you can warn them before it's too late. Romans 10 asks an all-important question. How then can they call on the one whom they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And then the answer is given. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. And Jesus said, My words and spirit, they are life. So believe his words. And share them with others. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.